All right, I've never done this before. Walking onto a stage. Thank you all for being here. Let's pray together. God, as Scott mentioned a moment ago, these are your words for your people. And I ask that as we take a moment and look uh, more deeply into this familiar text, that you would make it come alive for each of us. You've let it come alive for me this week, and I'm really grateful. I'm especially grateful for the way this informs our calling, the way that it shapes us for this season that we have ahead as a church. We're so grateful that this season includes this friendship with Inglewood Press. We pray your blessing on them and their ministry and their worship service later today. And we pray, Lord, that we would mark this moment in time, that you would mark it in our hearts and set it aside as, as a seminal moment where you are launching us toward things, you are sowing seeds even now in each of our hearts to do and become not something different, who we are, but who you have called us to be more fully in this place with the witness that you've given to us. So may the words of my mouth and all that we consider in our hearts be pleasing to you, our rock and redeemer. Amen. Uh, It's great to look out and see you all here. Thank you for being here. There are a lot of leaders in this room who have prayed and who have asked God to bless this time, who have prayed uh, for Inglewood. There are a lot of members of Inglewood's leadership here as well. So as we get started, would you just join me in thanking every leader here? Thank you. We We don't come to a moment, you never come to a moment like this by yourself, you never come to a moment like this in any setting, but especially not in ministry, without a great group of people praying and walking with you. So I wanted to acknowledge that. I also want to acknowledge that there are still people here who are part of the house church. There are people here, most of us, who are a part of our time at Peter Kirk Community Center. And there are more people that God desires to bring and be a part of our life now that we are here at Inglewood Presbyterian. And I can look out and see the different seasons of our church's life illustrated across each of you. And I'm so thankful to have been a part of that. This is a a classic Advent text, right? This is the season when we're getting ready for Christmas. It's the arrival of these wise men, these magi, these these people, a lot of scholars believe probably coming from Iraq or Iran, traveling long, long distances to come to this itty-bitty little backwater town. And we're going to look at their story today because it is Christmas time, and it's important to look at these stories. But I think there are some really significant parallels to our own journey as a church, So if you want to open up your bulletin, there's an outline in there. There's three different headings that I think are illustrative of this moment. There's the heading of waiting, of gifts, and of invitation. Waiting and gifts and invitation. And the question that I would invite all of us, myself included, to wrestle with this morning is, what will we do with this gift? What will you do with the gift that God is giving to us Here at Inglewood Press, in the season to come, what will you do? What will your next step be? So let's talk about waiting. God's people are very familiar with waiting. This is not a new thing to be called into a season of waiting. Our spiritual ancestors, the people of Israel, they waited a long time to be set free from their enslavement in Egypt. They waited and they wandered in the wilderness for a whole generation, 40 years. They waited for this mysterious, long-promised king, this Messiah, to come. Waiting, waiting, and waiting was a theme for them. And this king is, is kind of slowly unveiled bit by bit in the Old Testament. One of the most famous passages where this king starts to come together, a clear picture is illuminated, is in Isaiah 9. 
If you want to turn between your Bibles, you certainly can. Isaiah chapter 9. I'll read this for us so we can just hear it together. But think about waiting and think about hearing these words from your teachers and at your synagogue and going, okay, yes, that will come. Hear these great words about the Messiah King. The people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. Those who've lived in a land of deep darkness, on them light has shined. You have multiplied the nation, you have increased its joy. They rejoice before you as with joy at the harvest, as people exult when dividing plunder. For a child has been born to us, a child, a child king, a son given to us. Authority rests on his shoulders. And he is named, if you know it, say it with me, Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. A child will do this. His authority shall grow continually and there shall be endless peace. For the throne of David and his kingdom, he will establish and uphold it with justice and with righteousness. From this time onward and forevermore, the zeal of the Lord of hosts will do this. It's a beautiful passage no matter what season of life you're in. And for the people of Israel, it was especially beautiful to hear that their waiting would not be in vain. Not because there would be some huge battle and some huge military victory. Not because they were going to get this huge sum of money. But because of a person. Our hopes are always better when they're grounded in a person, are they not? Our hopes for Christmas, our hopes for people around us, our hopes for our neighbors and our neighborhoods, they are best expressed when it is tied to the person of Jesus. And for many of us, we have held on to this hope. Maybe we didn't quite have words for it. This is where we kind of look at our life together as a community. As we waited and hoped for something else. Now, doing house church, I wasn't there for that part of our life together. That's hard. It's exciting. You're starting a new thing, but you got to make room for people. You got to, you know, spread out. You got to make sure you have the right house in the right place. And then moving to Peter Kirk Community Center was great, but it was hard. There were so many of you that got up so many early mornings and came in, and your discipleship was grown by setting up chairs because that's about as humbling a task as there ever was. And I'm grateful. I hope we never look at those seasons and go, oh, bah, that was the old days. No, those were good days. But there was a sense of waiting. I heard it when I got here. People would ask, how long do you think we'll stay mobile? How long do you think we'll be in this stage of our growth? And I would go, I I don't know. I don't, I have no idea. When God opens that door for us, should God open that door for us, we will faithfully ask if he wants us to walk through it, if he wants us to take the next step. And there's this feeling, there's this sense sometimes where you're like Pinocchio, or you're like the Velveteen Rabbit. You're not quite real yet until you've arrived. You're not quite a real church yet until you finally found yourself in a space that feels like a church. All of you who are part of our church at those different stages, house church, mobile community center church, you know that's not true. You know that you didn't have to wait to become the Velveteen Rabbit. You know that God made us into a church from day one. You know that he was present with us. And so this is not some graduation, although it is a day of celebration. This is not a putting aside those ways and saying we're done. This is a way of saying God has been faithful. And as he has been faithful in the house church and at Peter Kirk Community Center, and as he's been faithful here for 60 plus years for the people of Inglewood, so will he continue to be. And as we have waited, it has not been in vain. And let me say this, Bethany, you have waited well. You have waited well. 
You have trusted your leaders. You have said, I don't know where this thing is going. We're doing this crazy mobile thing and my kids go to Sunday school and we're pulling Bibles out of a Tupperware container. But you've hung in there. And I just want to say that I am so thankful for how well each and every one of you has waited and prayed and sought the Lord's will in this process. We had a couple of people reflecting last week at our final service at Peter Kirk. They said this, I'm so thankful that the way we discerned the move to Inglewood Press was through prayer. I am so thankful that we just, we held it out in prayer. We asked God to, to, to lead us, to shape us. We, didn't, we did surveys, we asked people their thoughts, but we prayed. And I was so encouraged, just as a leader, to hear that from people who've experienced this at the ground level. We prayed. So, Bethany, you have waited well. Inglewood, you have waited well. And we are grateful that in the waiting, God has brought us to this moment. So that's waiting, that's your first heading. Now let's talk about gifts, your second heading. This is the season of gifts, this is Christmas. A gift is how you bless someone tangibly. You can bless them with your words, you can bless them with your presence, but a gift is something that you physically offer to someone and you receive it and you remember them after you receive it. I love James's words earlier, Kristen, sharing about how this church has given so many gifts. That wasn't bragging, that was truth. This church has been a generous, hospitable place long before we got here. Many of you may not know this, this church actually started as a mobile church as well. Their first meetings as a church were 60 years ago down the road at Arrowhead Elementary School, where some of our kids go to school. That's not a coincidence. That's something that God has been doing since earliest days for the people of Inglewood. And so when we look at the text, when we think about these gifts that are given, the Magi give these three gifts, gold, frankincense, and myrrh. They're always depicted in different parts of the Christmas story. But what I want us to think about today is those gifts are given in worship. One of my favorite definitions of worship is worship is when we give our good gifts back to our good God. We give our good gifts, that which God has given to us, back to him. We celebrate what God has done by worshiping him. And you're all here to do that. So well done, Bethany. Way to give God's good gifts back to him. To give a gift is an act of hospitality. The Magi thought they're going to meet somebody important, they're going to meet a king potentially, so they bring incredibly valuable things to celebrate him and to welcome him. They don't give him their leftovers, they give him the full seven-course meal at Canlis. They show up. And I kind of feel like that's how Inglewood has welcomed us. I really do. I feel like the friendship and the, just this sense of partnership that has been there from the earliest days of this conversation, we have felt, I have felt, so hospitably received, so given to so many gifts from this great church, and now we as a whole community get to enjoy that and experience that. But, go back to my original question. How will you use this gift, church? How will you use this gift? It's great to be celebrated. It's great to be welcomed in. We don't know how those gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh were used by Jesus or his family. How will we use this great gift? This season, this new opportunity to be in a space 24-7, not just no longer having to do setup and tear down, but doing more for the kingdom, more for the neighborhood, more for our community. And so many in our community need to be here that aren't here. I hear this over and over again in my conversations with people across the east side. I made it, I got my job, I got my house, I got my spouse, my kids are in great schools, 
And the subtext underneath that is, now what? Now what? Is that it? Is that all there is? That is the cry of our modern day. Is that all there is? This, this prosperity, this experiencing of what it means to live in a part of the community where there are plenty who have lots of needs, but for many of us, we don't really know what needs are anymore or the needs just become our wants, our Christmas list. There is more. And you all know that because you're here. You know that because you walked in those doors and you had someone greet you and you found your way to the coffee and you had a delicious donut and you know there is more. Because you've chosen to be a part of giving your life to a community. And we have neighbors, we have friends, we have coworkers who are not kidding, dying for that light to break through their darkness. Is this it? We have an answer. And it's not us. It's the God who has brought us here. How will you use this gift well, Bethany? How is God calling you to use this gift well? May I make a suggestion? May we just follow Englewood's example of hospitality, of generosity, of opening up their doors. Before James and I even started this conversation early on about partnering together, I knew Englewood Church as a place that continuously turns their doors open to the neighborhood, open to the people in Finn Hill, open to the people of Kirkland and Kenmore and Bothell and all around. If you come here during the week, you will see this place filled with kids, filled with families, filled with Boy Scout troops, filled with things that belong in community. That's been their calling for years. And now Bethany gets to find our own expression of that using this space as they have used it well. Let us show our gratitude to Inglewood by following their lead of hospitality and generosity. How will you use this gift well? Finally, we need to talk about invitation. There's an amazing moment of invitation in the text, but it's kind of hidden. I didn't didn't think about it this way until I started to do some studying this week. These magi, these wise men, coming from Iraq, coming from Iran, according to some scholars, they were part of this group that combined the studies of astronomy and astrology. So we know astronomy to be, you know, a very legitimate science in our day. Astrology, not so much. That's next to the comic section in the paper for a reason. Those were combined in the ancient Near East. And so these, these men who were faithfully seeking to live into that calling as magi, a star guided them to this backwater town. Not to a palace, not to the halls of royalty, but a promised king was revealed to them by a star, and not just any star. This is one of the greatest gifts in the story. We always think about the three gifts of the wise men. Let us think of the star as a gift. Because the star did something that no star before and no star since has ever done. It stopped. And it held its position over a place. That's in verses 9 and 10 of the text. And the text tells us the magi, when they see the star, go do-do-do-do-do and park over Bethlehem. They were filled with joy. They were filled with wonder. They knew something was happening. God used a star to invite wise men, maybe guys not even familiar with who Jesus is, likely from a pagan culture, to show up at a stable. 
in a backwater town in the middle of nowhere. Let me encourage you, Bethany, if invitation makes you nervous, if talking about your faith is not something that you feel particularly gifted to do, if it's hard to talk about what you believe at work and at school and all the different settings that we come from, let me encourage you that the God who can park a star is with you. The God who made stars and commands stars and says, you stop right here. He's with you. And he has called us not to be a church that just sits on our laurels and sort of rests here. He has called us to be a church that invites because that's our mission, inviting people to God and to community and to wholeness. Dale Bruner is a great Bible teacher and scholar at Whitworth University. He also teaches at Fuller Seminary. And his commentary on Matthew is one of my all-time favorite books. It's wonderful. And Dale says this about the star. Wherever the gospel is preached in purity and the sacraments of the gospel in accordance with a pure understanding of God's word, think about the star, fresh light falls on the face of Jesus Christ and people find him and their own gifts and they go home in a new way. Don't miss this. From now on, the work of the church is to do the work of the star. What was said of the star then should be said of the church's teaching since then. It came and stood shining right over the place where the child lay. Church teaching, like the ancient star, is to be utterly Christocentric, lighting the way to Jesus. When we live into this calling of invitation, we're doing the work of the star. From now on, the work of ministry is to do the work of the star. Every one of you has a work in ministry that you are being called to. Every one of you. And I don't mean you're going to get your paycheck from ministry. I mean you have a calling. You have a design. You have a set of gifts that God longs to use. And maybe it's jumping up here and helping Megan. I would love to see someone playing this beautiful piano. Because this is too beautiful not to use well. Amen? Maybe the dream that God has for you about how to use this gift well happens right over there in Inglewood's kitchen. They have an amazing kitchen. And the first time I walked through that kitchen, I thought, people are going to use this. They're going to make meals for their neighbors. They're going to find out that someone they love is going through chemotherapy, and they're going to get their friends up here, and they're going to make 15 lasagnas, and they're going to bring those lasagnas to their friend. And their friend's going to hate lasagna, but that's beside the point. This space, how will you use your gifts well? This space will help us answer that question with our calling. And we're going to teach kids down there, and we're going to do VBS and run around in this backfield, which is just so lovely. There's a community garden that we can invest in. There's a food pantry that those of you that love to make food and cook food that you can be a part of. There are so many things happening here that we can already be a part of, and there are the things that have not yet come. They're the dreams that God desires to breathe and bring into life through each of you that have not yet come, but they will. And that's one of the things that excites me the most. Because we can talk about invitation and telling your friends about Jesus, and that is so important. But the things that each of you and I are uniquely wired to do that will find fullness and expression here, that maybe, maybe we could have in other stops along the way, but here will come to life. Like Pinocchio, like the Velveteen Rabbit. And they'll take on forms that we never would have imagined. And we'll look back a year from now, two years from now, five years from now, and we'll go, man, we had no idea God was going to do that. But we're so glad that he did. 
And we're so glad that he changed the lives of people in Kirkland and in Bothell and in Kenmore and in Woodenville and in Bellevue and in Issaquah and all the places that we come from. Sorry if I forgot your address. And I long for each of us to find that place to express the ministry that God has called us to. So I'll leave you with this thought. Keep praying, keep giving, keep inviting, keep serving. Help us find new ways to express this common life that God has called us to here. And pray for Inglewood and pray for their ministry. They moved their service to accommodate us in a remarkable act of hospitality. Let's pray for them, that God would bless that move, that God would bring more fruit to their ministries. A bunch of us were here last night getting ready, getting things set up, because now that we don't have to do mobile church, we can actually come in the night before and do some things. It's glorious. And I was walking down the hallway to my office. If you want to get me going about how excited I am to be here, just ask me about my office. I'm so excited. And I go in there, and I start to open the door, and I look up, and someone from Inglewood changed the sign on the door to my office. It used to say music office, because one of the musicians uh, here from Inglewood, that was her office for a while, and she graciously moved so I could be in there. I actually had somebody ask me when I was here this week, like, are you a new musician? I'm like, no, no, you don't want, no, you don't want that. And I looked at the sign and it says, Travis Fletcher, Bethany Community Church. And I was so touched by that. I was so grateful. And Kristen and Megan's office has a sign on it too. What I want to ask each of you as we finish with this question, how will you use this great gift? There is a sign with your name on it over a ministry at this church. And maybe you've already discovered that. Maybe you're like, I, I'm, I am so excited to do children's ministry in this new space. You know that pathway for your calling. You got it. That's great. But let me just encourage you to think about this more and more, church. That sign is not for me. Like, it's not. I know where my office is. I'm not going to get lost. That sign is for other people. That sign is so that someone who comes in here off the street and is looking for a pastor, that they can find me. That sign for each of your lives and your ministries will be something that is not for you. It is for the sake of others. Whether it's Ann and Dawn, coffee makers. Whether it's Christina, musician. Whether it's Joe, teacher. It's not for you. That sign is for someone else to come and to go, oh, I see you doing this. I see you teaching kids. I see you playing music. I see you making lasagnas. I want to be a part of that too. That's why we're here. And we will be here for the long haul, so buckle up. It's going to be a fun ride. And I am excited for each and every one of you to be a part of it with me. For us to do this work together. Let's pray. God, you are faithful. And in your faithfulness, you have brought us here to this moment. And now, as we've heard your word, we pray that it would sink down deeply into each of our hearts. We pray that as we um, grow in the years to come with these great dreams that you want to give to each of us, would we receive those gifts well? Would we offer them back to you in powerful ways? And now as we continue in worship, would you use these words that we can sing? May they be more than words. May they be cries of our hearts. But we want to be a part of the amazing work that you're doing here at Bethany, here at Inglewood, to bring glory to your name. We love you. We trust you, and we give this morning to you in Christ's name. Amen. Christ's name. Amen. Christ's name.